Hey, hey, folks. Thank you again for joining me on another episode of Trost Talk. This is episode 15. Today I am joined by one of my great friends, Eric Briggs. Uh, I just call him Briggs. Um, today we are talking about uh, lifting, um, beer, and gambling. So three of my favorite things. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. It is a little choppy in the beginning. I do apologize, but uh, we had some uh, technical difficulties in the beginning. Um, so I do apologize about that, but other than that, I hope you enjoy the episode. Um, but other than that, man, how you been? It's, I know it's the last time I saw you was not too long ago. It was a couple of weeks ago when I was in, I was in Florida. Um, how you been otherwise? Is this better? Yeah, that's perfect. Sorry about that, man. Normally they're generally, they're pretty good. I guess, uh, I guess old mics are, I don't want to wake anybody up. Is it all oh, that's, I guess 11 there, huh? Yeah, no, it's all good. No, no, what beer are you drinking? Uh, Chihuahua, a little Mexican cerveza that we make. Okay. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's like a better I got, version of Corona. I got, I got a beer uh, who, what I'm going to crack open when we get to that segment. Um, right now, I need a little bit of coffee. I'm fucking dragging ass. But um, So how was the shoulder? I, I remember you were talking about it. You were just talking about it, and I, I just couldn't hear you because of the mic. But what were you saying about it? Oh, so I went and like got it checked out, uh, and the lady was saying um, tech pair possibly like in the shoulder, like where it connects in the shoulder joint. Uh-huh. But, um, they gave me like a pres- prescription anti-inflammatory uh, steroid for like five days, and that seemed to like pretty like heal it up pretty well. So it's feeling good. Um, um, now, when she says uh, a pec tear, does it mean that would? it's something that might need surgery or is it she think it'll be fully healed? Like if you just kind of rest it and then do some light stretching with it and some strengthening. Yeah. I think just resting it and like, she gave me a referral too for like an orthopedic. So if necessary, if it still like continues to hurt and it, it might be something else, you know, she wasn't like positive cause she just doing like some test on me, but. Um, now does your shoulder like sink lower at any, at, for any reason at all because i i don't know what i did but i'll i did in high school it was like my senior year i'm like gearing up for senior year of basketball right so i'm like throwing on weight and um trying to get all big and uh i did something to my shoulder and i don't know what and now it always clicks it it's definitely far far weaker than my right shoulder like it's not even comparable um like I can muscle with the same, like if I were to put a four, like a 25 pound dumbbell on each hand and do, and do uh, presses, like it's definitely weaker, but I'm getting it up definitely. Cause I'm also like just using leverage and like just willing it up, not really yeah. just allowing my muscle to all just do it. Um, and this shoulder also, I'd notice like when I look in the mirror, my left shoulder will sink lower a little bit than my right. I think I tore my labrum in high school and just never got it fixed. And then I that just kind of, yeah. And just like have now 10 years later, just, <laughs> just continued to have it torn. So dude, it's all the freaking the heavy lifting, dude. Just, mm-hmm. I feel like my body is going to be so like messed up in like 20 years, just from all the heavy lifting through like which is college football which is so weird to me too because like then you look at guys like um mike o'hearn and like like he's like 56 and he's almost 300 pounds and he's still lifting the way he's lifting and i'm like i'm curious how his one his joints i know he does like a lot of supplements like i see he takes a shit ton of supplements for all this stuff but like 
he's still got to have days where he wakes up and his body feels like it's just been through a war. I feel like. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, is, is he like natural, all natural? I, th- I think that's his whole thing is he's natural. I, I, I'm sure with, with a guy that size, you're always going to get people that say he's taken steroids at some point, especially because he came up in the early 90s, late 80s, and, yeah. like, you know, all that steroid era. But well, yeah, he was like the original, like, Titan. Right, like, right. Titan games or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, if, he w- if he's definitely, like, juicing or anything like that, then I can understand why he's, like, not hurting still, you know, still, like – feeling right. good every day lifting i mean because that's just so much and that's the one thing i've always hated and the reason i always hated shoulders and my shoulders are terribly weak is just because i always felt like at any moment i could snap my elbow or my shoulder joint and it was just like gonna be just donezo from there um yeah. but uh so i don't know how he was doing that i went through my phase of trying to lift heavy and after taking a year off from lifting heavy and kind of just doing more maintenance work, like I saw my body just, how am I going to describe this? Like my muscles and my joints and my body were like hurting, but it wasn't because I was working them out intensely. It was like, finally they had a break and they got to catch up and like kind of normalize. And now they're just like, all right, you, you can't do that anymore. And I wasn't lifting like, like you and Zach in college, I you know, I was lifting heavy for my fucking frame and my size, oh, but gotcha. I was like, dude, I, like, I feel like my knees never been the same. Now I do like knee workouts and I feel like my knees are just tight as hell all the rest of the night. And then no matter how much I stretch, I stretch now for 30 minutes before each lift, like not lift, but uh, before I start working out, I get a full like 30 minute stretch in. Yeah. And- no, like if I don't do like those hip, adduction and abduction machines and like mm-hmm. warm up my legs and like stretch for like 15 20 minutes i can't even like get parallel like yeah. on the first couple squats because like hips are a bit of, are just so tight dude I, i'm the same way i always make this joke that i'm like as flexible as a cinder block and i i now spend 30 minutes stretching every day and i probably stretch my hips if I'm not doing like a full hip stretching, like I'm getting at least one hip stretch in every single day. And I've noticed that like, I don't know, the hips are to me like, this might make sense to you, but the hips are like the shoulders of the lower body. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Cause uh, it's the other ball and socket joint, right? It's yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. So it's like that free motion. Yeah. And so like, I feel like when I have, I don't necessarily have to like stretch my hamstrings every day and my quads and like, Uh, my groin every other day but I feel like if I can get my hips every single day my the rest of my legs feel good and feel comfortable and at least manageable at that point um and then definitely the shoulder like my right shoulder super fucking just because I overcompensated for years with my left one being so weak um that like now I have like a massive ball like I have to do child's pose every day just to try and stretch that bitch out (laughs) It's, it's so embarrassing yeah dude my left shoulder actually has also felt like just like less stable too i don't know mm-hmm. if like anything's ever happened to it but always like lifting it's always been like i feel like it gets like locked up easier mm-hmm. and then like i feel like i would just like dislocate my shoulder yeah it, it's very it, it's very funny too how you're and i can notice it now because you started coaching me on the uh tut 
the time under tension and really focusing on that dude i've dropped so much weight on what i do just because i've been focusing on that like where it's it's embarrassing almost because i like i'm sitting there and like i'm not a big guy but i'm like tall and athletic looking but i also look like i I also look like I shouldn't be using tens, like 10 pound dumbbells. (laughs) And like, I really focus on that time under tension and like trying to correct my shit for so, so many years of just lifting poorly that I'm like, it's like embarrassing, but I'm like, dude, this is all I can do. And I feel good. And I feel like I'm getting like strength backs and like those little auxiliary muscles, like maybe not my, my big, you know, quads or my pet, like big muscles, like quads, pecs and like whatever, but like the little auxiliary muscles, like I'm noticing now I'm not like the way I do say, if I were going to do a single arm, like dumbbell press with like a 40, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm not struggling with it or mentally struggling with it. Like I used to knowing that, like, you know, when you do those sets and you're like, yeah, I can do forties, but I'm not hitting the muscle the way I want to hit it. Like I'm definitely using leverage or I'm definitely kind of like, yeah, exactly. And so now it's getting a little bit better with that. And so I'm kind of, I'm getting excited to see where it can go, but yeah, dude, it's been embarrassing, man. Cause like, I'm not like this little itty bitty scrawny dude and I'm like using tens and I'm like, (laughs) it's so bad for the ego, but yeah, dude, like the last like two months, because of this, like, I've just been going to the gym and like, cause I thought it was my shoulder. So mm-hmm. I was like trying to do like prehab, like rehab stuff with that, with like bands and like two and a half pound plates. Yeah. So, so like embarrassing. So like upper body wise, like I've been using bands, like 10 pound bands and like two and a half pound plates to do shoulder stuff. Now and then when I squat and do like 315 <laughs> and then like, I do no upper body cause my shoulder that was my goal was always to get 315 on squats. I never got to do it. And it was because my hips and everything were so – I probably now, if I wanted to redo it, like, and really go through a process in about a year, I probably could hit it because I feel like my legs are – I'm mentally better with my legs now and, like, how they're aligned, how, like, my flexibility with them, like, and now knowing how to get my form better – and not like leaning to one side, like my left, there was a point where my left leg was so, cause I'm also left footed, which is weird. Mm-hmm. I'm right handed, but left footed. Um, my left leg was just so much bigger than my right. Because when I would go down, I would put all the weight on my left one. And like, really. yeah, like I would favor it with my, my left leg. Um, so now I feel like I could, but I'm just not interested in that. I'm not interested in it anymore. I'm like, I'm doing kettlebell squats and I'm like getting a good workout and I'm like, oh, this is fine. This is all I need. Yeah, dude, squats are definitely, like, once you, like, get, like, good form and, like, you get into that groove of, like, mm-hmm. squatting, you can definitely, like, start to, like, really bang out some reps and stuff. Well, what you blew my mind with in college, which I, which probably what tore my hamstring when I was in college was uh, not the advice you gave me. Um, the advice you gave me helped was I always would squat with my feet straight forward, toes pointed forward, never out, oh, yeah. like, natural. Um and I was always toes pointed forward. And I just probably from like high school gym coach, she was just old school. Didn't really, like, yeah, probably, you know, didn't actually know health and fitness. He was just a gym coach and played high school football or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. Exactly. He knew, he knew like the main list. And 
they're like, all right, feet forward. You're going to kick your ass back. And like, I swear, I was doing that for years. And then you finally showed me like, no, you want like your feet naturally curve out. So you want your feet to naturally be pointed out at like a slight 45 degree angle. Yeah. Ever since then, my squatting has been noticeably like just less difficult and less painful. And so yeah. it was the greatest trick I ever learned that. So if anybody's out there listening to this, who has been struggling with squatting, definitely definitely do this you're probably laughing at me like i'm an idiot but dude it was for years i just had some painful squats and uh it was not my favorite so when you're when you're doing these recovery for your shoulders like what's your timeline to where you're back lifting so i know you for instance like you would always be doing like 185 for overhead press now you have a really you have a really bad shoulder right now and you're doing bands and stuff like that do you have like mentally a timeline as to when you're kind of going to feel it or are you kind of more just like feeling the shoulder out and seeing how it feels and then trying to push it a little bit? Yeah, definitely trying to like just wait and see how it feels because uh, the last three months have been pretty, just pretty boring. Not being able to like mm-hmm. work out or do anything like physical activity, like upper body wise. Mm-hmm. But uh, so yeah, definitely don't want to re-hurt it or anything like that, but definitely want to like get started back in the gym now. Are you doing like stretches and stuff for it or? Yeah. Do you have like a, do you have like a tennis ball or a, a racquetball ball? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I use those, uh, to roll out my shoulders too, like to get those knots. It's you like lay on your back on. Yeah. Yeah. Put it underneath your back. Oh, okay. And there's this, uh, so there's this guy who I didn't go to, I have a high school or a kid I went to high school with who's friends with, uh, you probably know him, Jeremy Buendia. He's from like my neck of the woods growing up. Um, okay. he's, a uh, He's like, uh, what's the one with the board shorts? It's not like bodybuilding, but they're body sculpting oh, or art like guys like classic that. Classic physique or something. Yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah. like a four time champion in that. And he was oh yeah yeah talking know, about yeah. he was talking about how when he uses a ball and he would like roll out his shoulders before he works out and he's he was mentioned it and there's this one re this one word that clicked with me and I was like. I didn't get it and then I started rolling out my shoulders and it made so much sense and he's like when you use it and you roll out your shoulders it releases your sockets and it like releases your shoulder and I was like what does he mean release and I started rolling it out and it literally feels like your shoulder is being released like it's just the muscles not tense anymore <laughs> and it's kind of like Thank letting really? go of your muscle yeah it kind of just like that out. you just got to roll it's like that knot right behind your shoulder blade you know that you always get okay it's like yeah. right right deep there like right by your shoulder blade like almost that one right where your shoulder blade meets your back and then like oh, like so if you were to cross your arm and then roll it out on your side he's like when you roll that knot out he's like you'll feel it like release your shoulder almost and he's like it, it's like it rolls the muscle out and then it was the best way to describe it because then you do it and you can really feel like the muscles all tight and holding everything together and then like you start to roll it out and it starts to let go and it's kind of interesting um but anyways, now that we're done with that rambling in our introductions, let's get down to the nitty gritty uh, as to why I brought you on here. And um, so as everybody needs to know, is my buddy Briggs, he's had an obsession, a light obsession with beer since ever I've known him. Uh, he's a brewer now, and uh, he was focused on this even in college. Uh, you did a brewmasting course too in college, didn't you? Like our uh, uh yeah it was course, uh, right yeah so it wasn't an actual diploma from usf but it was a um, like a nationally certified program yeah like so basically it's got like a certification of approval from like 
the USF brew masting uh, brew master program, but mm. it's it's not the best program out there. But it was just kind of like get my foot in the door because it was there, and I was able to like uh, get a yeah. job. Yeah. yeah, and um, so when did you know? Like, I I was pretty much there when you started this whole trying to get into the brewing and the beer industry. Uh-huh. But what about beer from day one? Like, when did you know that like this is your shit? Like beer, beer to drink because you don't drink liquor very much either. I I, no. I very rarely see you drink liquor, Never. and Usually. you're generally you're drinking. It's generally you got a beer in your hand. So when did beer like kick off for you that you were just like, this is my new obsession? Uh, well, I was like at work and like someone actually mentioned the program. I was like, oh, that sounds, that sounds pretty interesting. And then um, I was going to do physical therapy at, uh, through USF, but um, it like just passed or like past couple of years, you have to like now get your doctorate to become mm. a physical therapist. Yeah. So like, once I like learned of all that, I was like, well, I don't want to be in school. It just kind of, yeah, it was just like, <laughs> I was like, well, might as well try it. Like, sounds pretty cool. I was like, I didn't even realize, you know, like brewing as like a career path at all or anything. Yeah. Never, like never thought about it at all. And then I was like, oh, like, that'd be pretty cool to like work at like Anheuser-Busch or something like that. And right. Just brew beer. When did you fall in love with beer as like a drink? When were you like, when was it the first, when was your, I guess, when was your first beer? Cause I was five when I had my first beer. I was, I was literally five, like, we had a big family party and I was, I was the beer boy. So I, whenever I got somebody a beer, I got to have a sip. And by like, the end of the night, I probably had like a full beer and a half. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so that was like my introduction to beer. When was your first time? that you kind of like recognized it as like, this is my shit now and the drink I'm going to drink for the rest of my life. I, I don't think I was five, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, like <laughs> not to like sound bad for my parents, but like they gave me like sips of beer when I was like thirsty, you know, or yeah. we were somewhere and I didn't have a drink or something. They'd give me like a sip or something when I was like younger, but um, I don't know. I had my first like real beer, probably I, I think 13 with uh, boobs. Mm-hmm. We were hanging out and we like stole two beers out of the fridge and we were freaking out and like chugged them real quick and like yeah. hit them like the trash can. <laughs> that, that's always the greatest. I used and, to like, have a buddy in junior high where we would sneak shot. We'd get home from school and we would do a shot of vodka and yeah. like we would be like, oh my God. And we would like clean out the glasses and like my parents were going to come home and sniff shot glasses when, yeah. <laughs> when I was in seventh grade and be like, Kyle, damn it. I think just because of how like easy it was to get also like, and like my dad like just drinks a ton of beer. Uh, and just like the whole, I don't know, like beer pong flip cup. It was always with beer. So I think I just always, I don't know, wanted to drink beer. Like we used to do like beer runs back in high school. It was horrible. Yeah. Like run into the gas station, grab 18 packs and run out. <laughs> But. I never did any of those. You were definitely wilder on that front uh, when in high school. Like most of my drinking before 21, actually, no, most of my drinking before 18 was done with the family. Um, I didn't really start going to like parties per se until after like end of my senior year of high school and like after college or I mean after high school. Um, 
So I never got to do the beer run. I never had, okay. I never had to do any of that, but uh, I've heard many of stories. And yeah, I guess just Fort Myers, man. It was just a, uh, cause we were like 15, <laughs> like going out and stuff to kids' houses and like drinking and like, yeah, I was, like, I was grounded like, a lot. So I was grounded yeah. a lot my first couple of years of high school. And then like, I started to mature up and I started to have a little more freedom, but, um, I never, I was, I was always more fearful than my parents. So they caught me like first time I yeah. got drunk, I was 15, but I was with my family and yeah. we were at my grandma's 70th and my aunts and uncles got me hammered. <laughs> That's always how it is usually. Yeah. Like the first time I got probably hammered, I think I was with like, uh, my sisters too. Yeah. And also like, I think because I had like three older sisters, like my parents, like they were just like tired of like trying to like, mm-hmm stop yeah. it or whatever my little sister got that because i was the third and then i was just a hit. i was worse than all three of them combined so like by the time they got to spencer my mom and dad were just like Ugh, just do what you want at this point and you know they just let her get away with murder um, yeah they would, they would let me drink some beers at the house as long as i stayed and didn't like leave the house or anything so yeah yeah i remember i, I never threw a party in high school never would have gotten away with it um my my parents would have found out it somehow. Um, first time, my first beer, like full beer that I got to enjoy, not like had to like pound and like get scared that I was going to get caught was a fat tire. I think oh, it's a Bel- nice. Belgian male, right? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that was my first beer. Fell in love with it. Um, I got always, and that was what kicked off my love for dark beers. Like I hate, like pilsners like i don't hate pilsners like of their taste but i always just feel like when i see a pilsner i'm just drinking like a bud light no matter what just because their yeah. color i always liked the darker colored um like guinness till to this day is still my favorite beer forever okay. and always will be um i know it's what a lot of people would be like oh it's just so mainstream and boring but like i don't know something about the thickness um the the foam stays there forever um it never nice dissipates retention. Yeah, it never dissipates. And I know the foam doesn't add taste to it really or whatever, or like it doesn't really it definitely, do much. What? But yeah, no, it definitely like helps 100%. Like aesthetically like, too. Yeah, retain nice. like aroma. Yeah. And, uh, like, yeah, definitely. And so I, I, I definitely, it's always going to be my favorite. It's a little thick. It's kind of creamy. Um, it's not great with Irish cream <laughs> in a shot, in a, in a um, car bomb phase, but I love it as a whole um and i've just always liked those dark beers uh i i don't know it does, it's not like his i feel like oh it has so much more f- well, no that's not true I, I always do feel like it has way more flavor actually oh yeah yeah usually yeah usually darker beers like they just tend to you know like if you're drinking a stout that's obviously gonna have like a lot more body to it too like mm-hmm. like mouthfeel it's gonna be like a thicker beer naturally now when you say body to it what do you what do you mean like it's just gonna be like you're gonna have more like, flavors like, or like thicker like okay. kind of like a thicker gotcha. like mouthfeel like a creamier type of uh like deal because they they have higher finished gravities mm-hmm. so that means like there's just unfermentable sugars left in the left oh uh, so it's still. a little thicker yeah yeah so it doesn't still, like so isn't it because like stouts have dairy in it or something like that and dairy doesn't help break down sugar into into um alcohol or something like that or lactose uh well yeah so like some stouts and porters they'll have a uh, lactose in it yeah. which is like just an add-in at the end of the boil that will put it in and um that's also like an unfermentable sugar so it'll right. add to like the starting gravity 
have a higher starting gravity, but then it also won't uh, be able to ferment all the way out. So it'll still have like a higher finish gravity also, mm-hmm. which just gives it like that creamier, like, like thicker taste to it. And so um, w- when you say a higher finish gravity or lower finish gravity, what is, what is finish gravity? Does it have to do with the CO2 you're putting into it or how you're no, making so it? The, so the gravity is all based on like the alcohol and the yeast. So like, mm. so not like gravity actual is, gravity, like what you're feeling on earth or something like that. Yeah, no. Okay. 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 <laughs> so the gravity is um, all the sugar starches in the wort to begin with. Like once you like, uh, knock out the beer and put it in the fer- uh, fermenter. Mm-hmm. So it's like the highest amount of sugar and starches in it at the start. And then um, yeast will eat all the sugar, starches, mm-hmm. and create alcohol that way. So like most beers, like uh, like lagers and stuff, will have like around like a a 10, like 10 starting gravity. And they'll, they'll ferment like all the way out. Mm-hmm. And they'll give you about like a 5% kind of alcohol right there but then like um like stouts and porters and stuff like that they might start all the way up at like 18 and then ferment all the way down to like a four finished gravity damn Damn. yeah so it'd be that's just like measuring all the sugar that's still left like unfermentable sugar in the beer okay and then so when you wanted to make it um say if you want to make your beer darker it what like what would be the process if you felt like it was say not dark enough just for a simple a simple one like what what would be um, like what do you have to do in order to get that well that would be be uh just based off like the grist bill like what's in the grain and everything like mm. the type of dark malt in it and everything and then okay. also like coffee coffee will add darkness to a beer and there's a lot of coffee and like stouts and porters nowadays that's what i was curious about is like did they artificially make these coffee flavors are they actually putting coffee grinds in there and like beans in there or like well so there's like coffee malt and stuff and that will be like milled in mashed in that's like in the beginning process of like making wort like into and then there's also like we also do have um we have this giant spin bot and it holds like 10 barrels and we fill it with probably like 200 pounds of coffee beans and like mash uh mesh bags and then we'll just uh, boiling hot water in it, fill it all the way up and let it sit for like an hour. And then um, at the end of the process of beer, like when we're carving it and stuff, uh, we'll add it in before carb, like into the bright tank right there. Um, um, damn. So it, it's not, it's, it's a little, almost sounds like just very like massive changes to the beer that you want like say color is just like a small change in like how you make it it almost seems like yeah it literally could be the difference like um with just a couple bags like water temperature i feel like could just make your beer water temperature different. wouldn't really wow. deal with like color change but but no no but like it could change the beer right like it could change oh the- yeah, yeah yeah say you boiled it at 110 degrees instead of 105 like couldn't that change the whole outcome of the taste of your beer too or am i just kind of like Wait, 110 degrees no i'm just giving that like basic numbers like for example oh well yeah like, so say I mean, it was boiling at 105 or whatever and like you upped it to 110 and um well we all I, boil at 212 okay so what, what would matter like if you went to like 205 what would do anything well that's not, not really? boiling though 
technically. So two twenty. Uh, I don't. I don't know. We've uh, everything we do is just at like two twelve. Th- okay, so I'm way off then on this. That then yeah, yeah. So boiling, boiling is there's different boiling times, um, for like different like. So there's like a higher amount of, like I was writing notes earlier and took a ton of stuff so I could kind of help you on this. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, there's different boil times for all the different types of grain, um like pilsner and lagers that have high amounts of a uh, pilsen grain in it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a higher amount of SMM in it, which is um, S-methylmethane. Mm-hmm. And um, that uh, creates DMS when it's not boiled off correctly, which is like an all flavor in beer. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, like, kind of like spoiled cabbage is like the taste you'll get in the beer. Yeah. So like pilsner, <laughs> like pilsers and lagers that have like a high amount of uh, pills and grain in it need to be boiled for at least like 60 and but like most pills and like recipes that we do are 90 minute boils just so that like there's no chance of like dms in the beer okay so then that would i guess to rephrase my question would the boil time affect like say you boil for 90 minutes and then you go we're gonna boil scrap the plans we're not doing 90 minutes on this on all these containments we're going to boil it for 100 minutes would that change the outcome of your beer or not really it kind of just would add a different flight like a, it would still say if you boiled for 90 minutes to get guinness right mm-hmm. on just on a basic level like if you boiled the like for 90 minutes to get guinness but you boiled it this time at 100 minutes like you'd still have guinness but it would be like an off flavored guinness or uh-huh. would it change it completely no, probably at that point. Um, yeah, no, you just, it would probably just like finish at like a higher, uh, lower finished gravity because you would just boil out just like maybe a tiny bit more proteins and stuff mm. out of the beer. So that like it might ferment just like a tenth or two more. But okay. no, so like then- at that time, like a 10 minute change from like 90 to 100 minutes. Not Uh, okay so then because i i've read this too so i'm gonna give you i'm gonna let you go after i ask this question i'm gonna let you just go on a fucking tangent here um i want you to let 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 loose so i know that most beers are made with just like four main ingredients then so how do you make with those four main ingredients how are you or what's the difference between making a pilsner a lager or a stout like because they're so different and so many ways but you're kind of using the same four or you're pretty much using the same four ingredients for every type of beer so like what please just go on like how the differences between because i guess break down like pilsner we have stout porter that i know of um ipas are a big one um and then i guess like ambers and like ale okay so like out of those, like, what's the differences between them and like their and their processes of how you're getting those while pretty much using the same ingredients? All right, give me. Let me go grab a beer because yeah, is, actually, perfect. This is gonna I be a grab long. Mine. I want. I want to grab right. mine too. All right, I'm gonna take you. So, that video I showed you as I was prepping for this, um, that I was watching on Wired, where it was just like kind of going over the different types of um beers um sorry dude my hair my hair looks awful in this um i got 
they did talk about this one um about a style of beering which was a pre-prohibition which is like a it's such like a it's like one of those hipster douchebag categories that it's like so, so it's you know you wouldn't actually like call it a be like oh what type of beer like oh it's a lager you know to be like oh it's a pro it's an old prohibition yeah <laughs> you know um well is that what is it what do they say it's, they said it was brewed like uh, or no, is it like a prohibition like recipe or something it's like, like that a pre, so from the uh article what i said or from the uh video i was watching and i'm doing this off memory so i i'm if i fail people on what they actually are saying i apologize but um from what they were telling me that the pre-prohibition loggers is um, before prohibition in the United States, the history with it is like they actually had all of these types of different beers and a massive wide variety of beers. And then it was after prohibition came like got up and they were done with prohibition. Finally, um, when they took it away, it was that's when like the main American loggers kind of came into play that we see today, like the Budweiser's and the Miller lights and shit like that. Oh, and everything. Come on. Well, it's, this is a Pilsner. So it's like a type of Pilsner. Okay. Um, I guess, uh, cause in a Pils- Pilsner and a lot, we'll get into that. I'll let you describe that. But, um, anyway, so that's what it has to do is pretty much like, I, I think what you said kind of is it's like old pre prohibition recipes that they kind of brought back and made into beers. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's interesting. Um, let me give it a taste. So it's a, a Pilsner pre, pre-prohibition lager, which okay, Pilsner and lager to me sounds like you're saying, I'm not American, I'm Texan. <laughs> so that sounds it is. Like. They're very similar. <laughs> but um, yeah, so like I'll start with like, you know, Pilsner is like, yeah. so to like, classify like what i would classify like a pilsner is like definitely like majority of the like grain would have to be like at least pills in um like there's not a lot of like with like working with brew hub because of like um so like at brew hub we like sign all these different clients and partners to beers so like we make over like 150 60 different beers right now so like the amount of like different like recipes and see like stuff that i see like every day like Cause we're brewing everything. We're brewing at least two beers a day. Uh, and it's usually two different beers that like every single day, the whole week. So it's like usually like 10 different beers the whole week. But, um, so I just get to like see all these recipes and stuff and like taste the beer afterward and like, know like what <laughs> recipes, you know, like actually turn out to be like, you know, the better recipe. We like Pilsners and stuff. I would just like, it'd have to be like, majority pills and grain um we make a really good pilsner um called long john pilsner it's like a it's out of a brewery in um the bahamas actually oh really yeah and um so it has like you know it just has like pills in and um it has like vienna in it i think this has like some other like base vienna is it like a type of barley or something it's a yeah it's like another uh Malt, malted barley it's like that's basically the same thing but, malt um, and barley oh, i was about to say is malt barley are the same thing right mm-hmm, yeah it barley's like the massive category or something and then like malt yeah. is like a type of barley mm-hmm. okay yeah 
So like, yeah, there wouldn't be like too much other grain in it besides like maybe some care foam or something like acidulated, which helps with like head retention, which we were talking about earlier, like that uh, keeps the, the head on that beer, like yeah. nice. Letter. But um, yeah, pills. And then it's just like, it's just like the way what type of yeast you use and um, like temperatures that you ferment it at. Because um, different yeast strains do different types of fermentation, like lager yeast or like bottom dwelling yeast. So you're actually supposed to uh, have horizontal fermenters um, instead of like the silicondral ones that like yeah. most breweries have. So like when you, like you have lagers like fermenting, you want them in horizontal fermenters because you ferment lagers at like 50 to like 54 degrees. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, all the yeast that we call them like lazy yeast because uh, they don't like really do too much. They just like stay at the bottom yeah. and just like yeah. eat up top. They don't really try like uh, circulate all the way up to the top of the tank. So like yeah. you're supposed to like Yingling when I was like interning there, they yeah. had all like yeah. horizontal fermenters because it's all lagers that they make. So, um, when, when they're sitting at the, like, do you have to do anything? Like, do you have to like keep stirring it or do you, it, it's cool that they're just sit, sitting there at the bottom. You're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Cause we have the yeah. horizontal. Now, if you didn't well, yeah. have the horizontal, uh, fermentation ones, would you have to constantly stir or would it like, you just wouldn't even be able to make a lager? No. So like we, we have all, uh, vert, like the, the silicone, like the cone, mm-hmm. uh, fermenters um and we do lagers too but it's just hard like they take a lot longer and like uh those fermenters Mm. um to like ferment out and um they just like stall a lot for us they tend to stall a lot uh in fermentation so we had to like repitch yeast sometimes or do some things where we'll like blow it up from the bottom with like co2 to try to like push yeast up a little bit and try to like get some active like activation but i mean most of the time it will just ferment out it just it just takes its time so much longer so with with the vertical one um is it because the yeast is now because when it's vertical the bottom's not as wide so it has to stack more like yeah it has to stack more so it makes it okay that makes sense yeah because the yeast will be at the bottom yeah and then like there'll still be like you know 30 to 40 feet in some of these fermenters like we have like 300 barrel fermenters so like from like the top of the cone to where like the yeast would kind of like be at the top to like the bottom of the cone. Mm-hmm. There's still like another like probably like 30 to 40 feet of like just wart that'd be sitting on top with like just all the sugar and everything. And this, when it's fermenting, it smells gnarly, doesn't it? Yeah, it can. If his, um, yeast it'll come out through like the blow off bucket. Yeah. Um, okay. So, with Pilsner, um, you can be doing those. So what's the difference between Pil- like, there's Pilsner and Lager. I, I feel like Pilsner and Lager is the same thing, but I feel, like you, I feel like a Lager, this will be for people like me who are almost retarded on beer. Um, so Pilsner to me is you got that light coloring, like, uh, like a Budweiser. And then like a Lager is going to be more like Yingling, a little darker brown. Um, so what's the pro like what's the difference between when you're when you're trying to make a lager versus a pilsner? You have the horizontal. I know you were just talking about the horizontal fermentation, but it, what else are there like key differences between if you were gonna make one or the other that you would be doing? Um so like the difference would be like um a lager will also like some lagers do also have pilsner grain in them. 
but they'll also instead of it being like 90 to 100 percent of the grain bill it'll be like 50 and like 40 with like two row really which is just like another base malt that we use basically for everything like ipas porter stouts like basically in everything that we use almost Mm -hmm. um because it's just a base malt and um and it would just have like maybe some more specialty it might have corn in it it would probably have like flaked corn in it that we'd throw in um but it would be the same yeast that we would use and it would still like trouble it would take long to ferment out too also like the same like fermentation process and same yeast style and everything and like same temperature range but um it would just take a little bit longer that's uh, interesting so correct me if i'm wrong if i heard this right so you would actually use less of the malt to get a, a darker color no okay so well what you're talking about like so there is like amber amber like lagers which would be like yingling which is a darker but like most lagers are um like a Actually gold like color gold. like a gold oh really clear. yeah i didn't know that okay I always, thought, like Fox, I always thought they were that way which that are way. like straight dark lagers yeah so like yeah like corona i know like, bach but i thought bach was always like a stout like a type of stout because bachs are really dark because aren't bachs mm-hmm. and maybe i'm just really excited and i want to act like i'm being compatible with something here but and i really don't know what i'm talking about but like i always felt like i thought box were like i don't want to say black but really dark almost like mm-hmm. you would see a stout. yeah no they're like they're like black loggers basically right they're so they just um so like with with like that dark malt like you wouldn't have to use a, a lot for it to necessarily be like so dark like they would probably like with a box you would just use like you'd probably still use like 50 percent like regular pills and grain but then the other half would be like a lot of specialty and then like a lot of like dark, maybe like some like coffee, like just straight like black malt. And like that would give you like that dark color because like Pilsner malt is so light that it wouldn't, it doesn't take a lot of like darker malt to like just completely like make the beer black. Okay. That makes sense. It'd be like, it would be like adding. Because it would still like taste like, it's not still like like a thicker beer it's still like kind of like like a lighter beer yeah lagers are never in my opinion never been like super super filling um Mm -hmm. like a stout or a porter i always feel like you almost had like a burger if you had like a really big stout Mm -hmm. because most stouts at least to my knowledge like when you go out like i always feel like they always give you like eight ounce glasses instead of like 12 yeah Um, but they're always like super thick and i always feel like i just had like a plate full of fries or something after i i drink a stout well yeah so like also with like mashing in so like the whole like start of the process when you mash in beer what do you mean like, mashing in for people so like, like me so like you like you mill in your grain so like you mm-hmm. split like we have like a whole like milling in system but it's basically just cracking like the grain and getting the husk out from the inside mm-hmm. like you would a, say a sunflower seed sort of thing mm-hmm. yeah basically and yeah. it goes into like the hopper on the top of the mash tun and basically what you're doing is you're just dropping grain in and then it's also like it's in like a like a cylinder that we have and it's like dropping in but we're also sh- uh, hitting it with uh water hot hot water and um different temps have like different things to do with like mashing in so like loggers and pilsners and all that stuff they'll have lower mash temps like in like the 140s maybe like low 150 150 um, degrees water mm-hmm. 
and so what that does is... Well, I wasn't is, off then. I wasn't that far off earlier when I was... Well, this, is, this isn't boiling, so <laughs> this is matching with you. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so then different, like, lower mash temps um, release a diff- They release the beta am- uh, enzyme amylase, mm-hmm. which helps break down uh, more, like, unfermentable sugars. So, like, it will finish out, like, the, like after like fermentation right. because of the start whatever of the process, couldn't get broken down into alcohol you're talking about mm-hmm. yeah. it will finish it will, that's why it will finish at like a zero or like a one finished gravity oh. like all the way down low so that um Jeez. because it releases a different enzyme in the beginning and that creates so that it um here let me just give you like more of it dude go on it go yeah. on that rant I'm here to, I'm literally here just to, I, sorry, you kind of are talking and I'm just, every time you're, you're saying some stuff, I just get interested and I want to ask so many questions. So yeah, this no, is all just, new to me. Yeah. So yeah, go on no. your rant. I'll shut up. Okay. So yeah. So beta amylase, which is most active between like right around like 145, which is like, I would say like our lowest temp that we would have like a mash to like 150 ish. Um, it trims off more single maltose sugar units, which are that are more fermentable, which is higher fermentation. So basically higher attenuation. So that's basically meaning like it can ferment all the way out because it's at a lower mash temp to begin with. So it's breaking down the sugar more. Mm-hmm. So you're like not going to have sugar units. You're not going to have to do anything at the end to really kind of they're easier to eat for the yeast because they're broken down more in the beginning, basically. Okay. So, so like how does it break? How come it break? How come? Okay. Yeah. You were about to say it sounds like, go. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like alpha, so like alpha amylase, which is just like, I would say it's like from like 153 to like 157 usually, mm-hmm. which I would probably say is like the, our, our higher like mash rest that we have. Um, it, uh, well, actually it goes all the way up to like 167 but I'll, I'll talk about that in a second, but um, it creates longer sugar trains that are less fermentable, resulting with more body in the beer too. So like that yeah, body yeah. is like that, that a little thicker. Uh, or yeah. Is it lighter? still like that unfermented, unfermentable sugars that can't be taken out of the beer. Now, do you have like those unfermented stuff, like at the end of the process, is there anything that like you're just not barreling or is the whole thing going in? Yeah, no, it's Does that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, kind okay. of. Yeah, like so, like when it gets canned, like is there? Like, yeah, like are you? Yeah, there? like are you doing that or like the unfermentable stuff that couldn't get say converted in alcohol? Do you have like? Do you take those out or are you just like it's part of the beer? No, yeah, it's part of the beer. Part of the beer. That, that's the what gives you like that whole like the that sweeter or body okay. taste to it. Gotcha. But okay. yeah, so like, so you mash in. We have like. We'll have like those lower temps, the higher temps. IPAs range from like like 152 to like 155-ish. Like porters and stouts, mm-hmm. they'll be like 154, like 156, a little bit higher. Like another reason why they can't ferment all the way out, like porter stouts, they'll have like that a little bit more chewier, mm-hmm. like feel that more body to the beer. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, so when it... I'm going to say something pretty basic here and I hope I don't sound like an idiot, but it almost seems like 
the more you get away from Pilsners, the more craft it takes to make the beer. Like, I feel like it almost seems like Pilsners are just a basic root of beer. And mm-hmm. it's pretty easy. It's pretty simple. But like where it comes in, like if you want to make a, a darker lager or you want to make a stout or something like that, like that's where the craft comes in because you kind of, mm-hmm. it seems like you almost have to be more attentive to it. Yeah. No, light beers are, they're pretty simple. They don't have to like, like I said, there'll probably be one or two grains in like max three for like a lager, um, Pilsner like type of beer. Um, they're just like, so like, just simple and basic they'll have like one hop addition to give you like some bitterness um they won't be dry hopped at all they ferment all the way out so like there isn't like any like they're crisp they're lighter so like that kind of like also dries out the beer more Mm -hmm. um but yeah so like they're like it's harder to like mess up a lager for sure like while brewing it doesn't oh, really? take as much, like, I would say effort to, like, write a recipe because you're not really, like, worrying about, like, what hops, really, you're putting into it. Like, IPAs, you might have, like, six different hop additions and, like, six IPAs. different so you, are, are I making IPAs annoying or do you, do you, uh, do you like it? So, all the beers that I hate brewing, I don't drink at work, but all the beers that, like, I like brewing that are, like, kind of simple and easy, but, like, also, like, taste good and like you'd have to like do some work for it like i tend to drink those more of those beers at work why i don't know it's it's nice when uh like it just everything runs runs smoothly on deck like while brewing and you don't have to like do water ads to like hit gravity and ph adjustments off the deck and stuff like that and everything just runs smoothly and you don't have to worry about it is it nice to kind of like drink the beer that you just brewed too times oh yeah yeah, how, like the other how, day, what, like... Does it come out cold, or do you guys have to cool it? So, like, so the whole brewing process, um, like, mashing in, then it gets laudered. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes into a lauder ton, which basically it's, like, so when you mash in, it's, like, wort. Um, or it's a mash at that point still, because it's, like, it's, like, oatmeal, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, yeah. Just like a really soggy oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we'll put it into a lauder ton, and then we'll we'll get it, like... Um, the lauder ton has a ton of like skinny plates at the bottom. Like it's like a super, like they're just like plated. So there's like tiny slits all along the bottom of the lauder ton so that like the liquid can secrete through like all the, all the grain that's still in there. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Uh, repeat the last part. Okay. So like when, so it's like a mash, so it's like oatmeal. Right, right. So then, right, like, right. when you put it, like, into the lauder ton, the lauder ton has slits at the bottom, like, really tiny slits. Like grates almost? Yeah, but, like, they're, to- there's like, so skinny that, like, grain can't, can't really get through. through it. It's like a sifter. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it does, like, like, outsides of the husk and stuff like that, like, the shells and stuff. Yeah. Not, like, the shells, but, like, the skin layer that, like, cracks off. Yeah. Some of that will get through and stuff, but, like, most of the, like, all the spent grain will be left in the lauder ton. So, like, we transferred into the lauder ton. It, we create a bed, which we just cr- try to create this, like, flat mash bed of the mash evenly. And we have rakes that, uh, that spin around in the right. mash ton. Keeps it on the bottom, the right? Mm-hmm. And it will just spin. And basically, uh, the wart will just, like, come through the, 
the grates, like the, the tiny slits at the bottom of the water yeah, tunnel, yeah. and we run off into the kettle. And then we're running off, and then we start at like a certain point into runoff, and we'll start sparge, which uh, we just like on top of the, the mash bed, we shoot hot water through so that we're mm -hmm. like getting all of those uh, like sugars and stuff that are still like residual sugars that are still like in the lauder ton mash bed. And we just run off to a certain point. So basically like at the end, there's like no sugars left and basically in the lauder ton. Damn. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's still, there still is obviously, but like, from that process, we get like most of it out with like sparging hot water on top of it because then it secretes through the whole bed. And then we just, that will go into runoff and that just goes straight into the kettle. Does that make kind of sense? No, it does, it does. Um, I won't lie, I don't think it answers my question with if it comes out cold though. <laughs> I was getting there, I was getting there. I was just, I was just trying to, okay. Okay, I so then it goes to, then. then it goes to boil. Then gotcha. it, um, so I obviously then it goes into the whirlpool where it circulates, um, like whirlpooling. So it kind of like creates a true pile in the middle and we get like the clear yeah. wart from like all the true from hops and the grain that was still in there. And then coming off of deck, it'll come out of the whirlpool and it'll go through the, the heat exchanger mm -hmm. because we can't like, you can't introduce hot wart to, uh, yeast. So it'll come out cold. So it, it goes through the heat exchanger at like a hundred and like 90 degrees mm -hmm. probably and then um depending on what style beer it is like with lagers and stuff it's a lower uh, knockout temp so like we had to use like more cold water through the heat exchanger to cool down the war more to like 50 degrees so that when it gets into the tank it can start fermenting like right away but like a so yeah like a lager so does will be like, to, <laughs> it, does it has to, to ferment at a cold temperature I always thought mm -hmm. you needed heat to ferment it. No, so like we were just talking about lagers are like cold for fermentation. Mm -hmm. No, no, so I remember like, you saying it earlier, like it, which was like it was that was odd to me, and I I, meant, I actually wrote it down to like ask you about that. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't. I I always thought like to me, the knowledge would be like, and this might sound weird because like I think of like milk, like when milk fermentates it like it, you need it to spoil but you need heat with it so i always assumed like in order for the, you get the alcohol out of the fermentation like that it had to ferment um through heat i had no idea that it was a cold that actually did it mm -hmm. and no video that i've watched in the last week that was talking about beer actually goes over like the temperatures and stuff so it was like it just tells you the pro it like it'll just tell you the basic process to it so yeah. i why why cold though like that that sounds so almost like illogical to me um well it's, it's just for like the yeast strains like specific yeast strains um like i was telling you just the way so, it chemically reacts yeah so um those yeast strains like the lager yeast strains like that we call that uh lazy and like just stay at the bottom of the tank to ferment so a colder temperature will actually get more stuff to drop in fermentation so like all that stuff because it's cold it'll get like goes to the bottom yeah like, it'll fall to the bottom so it's easier for that like yeast strain heat. stuff yeah okay but like different yeast strains like we use uh 1056 for like which is like a california ale strain that we use mm -hmm. and we'll use that for i mean we do use it for like some pilsners um 
we do use it for mostly for like IPAs, any ales. Uh, we use it for porters and stouts too. But um, that's like a higher temperature. Like most of those don't do well under like 65 degrees. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just like how it is. Uh, so like those have higher fermentation. That's so, temperatures. that's so cool i i swear to god because i i always thought you just i thought the whole process was heat and then like when you were ready to bottle it like you just cooled it down i didn't know at all, at all that you needed cold temperature for this I, I swear to god like i thought everything was through just hot temperature get it down and then like you cooled it and then you could sell the beer sort of thing i didn't know that it was all that's interesting learn something yeah. every day well yeah so like coming off the deck like that's the last time it'll be like hot. Yeah. When it's like in the whirlpool and then it goes through the heat exchanger and then it's cooled to like whatever temperature we're trying to hit for like the fermentation process. Mm -hmm. So for like a lager, um, it'll never be again, like above like 60 degrees, hopefully off the deck. I mean, cause then it's going into wow. fermentation where it'll be at like 50 to 54 degrees. And then, after that, all it does is gets transferred, um, filtered, and then put into the bright tank where it'll be chilled at like 30 degrees. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. it gets carved in there. And then um, they pull it straight from that tank if uh, for kegging and canning and bottling or whatever, whatever is like happening to it. So you said, uh, I think... I think you just said this. You said you were going to, you, you think last time we talked about this, you, you actually went over it when, when I was in Tampa, but doesn't the CO2 or like the carbonation, does that naturally happen? Um, or it, do you have to add that in? Or we do like add sometimes? it in. It, it does like naturally happen, but it's not enough for like. Not enough to get it to really taste it sort of thing. Yeah. Like after fermentation, like it is like naturally. Cause like when yeast, um, they eat sugar. They basically like, they like poop and yeah. like shit, like, um, CO2 after right. like, after eating the sugar, like in creating alcohol. So like, it is like naturally like same though, in the same way, a little bit. It'll be like, so like when we like can beer and stuff, like it's at like, it's say like a 2.5 range of carbonation level. Mm -hmm. Um, but like naturally it's probably like a 0.5 to like 0.75 when it's gotcha. like so done with fermentation a little, a little percent or two to it yeah so like when it comes over to the right tank it'll be like slightly carved but then we just had to carb it more to get it to like the level that we need to okay that's awesome um so one other question too i had about your beer making um the alcohol now obviously it's through you get the alcohol is it just through the fermentation phase or um, is it kind of like getting alcohol through the breaking, like the yeast breakdown? Well, yeah. So, or is that it's two during the same fermentation? Questions? It's yeah. kind of like the same thing. So yeast. Yeah. Um, they so does it come from the, the hops or the malt then? It comes from the malt in the beginning, uh, which gives you like all the sugar, all like the is hops just there to make it a little more. Those bitter? are just, uh, hops are for bitterness and, um, like flavor. You can get flavor and, um, aroma from them like different hops have like different like yeah because i like, heard it's like if you just had just like, if you just had malts like it would be sweeter 
it would be a sweeter beer. Mm -hmm. It was like more malt heavy. And then I know hops brings out the bitterness so that the hops doesn't add alcohol value to no. it at all, right? No. Okay. It doesn't Just add to counterbalance the sweetness or, and like add flavoring. Yeah. That's why like IPAs that are like 7%, but like they have a decent amount of hops in them. So like they're bittery. So like, I mean, if it's like a good IPA, you know, it could taste like it could be 7%, but it doesn't necessarily taste seven percent because of the bitterness from the hops added yeah see the thing about that though is uh, for me personally i hate ipas i hate ipas i'm not a huge ipa fan either but like if it's like we have a couple like good ones that like they're not like super bitter and uh i tend to like drink more of those yeah i'm not a big ipa fan because they are bitter i feel like Mm -hmm. And it's not like, it's not like bitter, like it's sour or tart. It's bitter. Like I just put my head and ate a barrel full of hops. Like I don't, I don't like it. It's, it it leaves a bad taste on my tongue. I feel like. Yeah. So like you get, um, you get the bitterness. Um, so like the alpha acids are in hops and hops have different like ranges from alpha acids. Like mm-hmm. they'll range from like five to like 15% in alpha acids. And that's what you get the extraction from. Like when you add them to like boil, like that's like the alpha acids. So like if you want hoppier beer, like uh, you get all your bitterness from like the first edition of boil. So like right when you start boil, if you boil for 60 minutes, they'll get 60 mm-hmm. minutes of boiling time it just gives you more time to extract all the alpha acids and they isomerize more, um, creating like bitterness. But, um, so like, those are like at the very beginning of boil, like 60 minute edition. And then, um, 30 minute edition, yeah, I wrote this um, gives you like more flavor of the hop. So like not necessarily like a ton of the bitter, you're not going to draw all the alpha acids out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's like a 30 minute edition and you'll just get mostly get the flavor compound and then um like five to like the end of boil so only like five minutes of boil time left you add a hop that'll give you like more of the aroma flavor characteristics of the hop now uh when it what does it take in order for it to be an ipa is there a certain amount of hops you need or uh bitterness level or um yeah i would i I don't, yeah, I don't know if there's like an exact level of like, like a number that, level that it hit, has to yeah. hit. And it sounds probably stupid, but I, there might be, but it would probably be like upwards of like 30 to 40 IBUs. Which so what is, is like the larger normally, like 15? Yeah, it'll be lower, like 15 to like 25, because they still have hops in them, most of them. Like a lager will, will have like one hop edition, but it will, it will be very light and just like not a lot of it. But just to also help out, like, with, like, the booziness from, like, the alcohol. Just, like, just enough so that, like... Well, I'm glad you taught me, though, that lagers are actually lighter in color. Because it explains a lot of my disappointments I've had with some of my lagers. Because, like, I've I've ordered lagers and it'll come out looking like a a pilsner. Like, a really light golden beer. Mm -hmm. And I'm, like, pissed. Because, like, here in Portland, like, there's just so many breweries everywhere, and they're all, like, their own craft yeah. beer. And so I'm like, oh, you got to try our, our lager. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I love lagers. And then it doesn't look dark in color at all. It's, like, golden. And I'm like, <sighs> just feel like yeah, I got you gotta look for, uh 
just like amber lagers um box box are like the dark lagers we actually yeah. make this lager called matte black it's a it's like just has a couple dark and like a coffee like malts in it so it's still mostly like a base like pilsner like lager with like mm -hmm. just like pilsen grain in it and um but it and then we add coffee to it and then um it tastes like almost like a porter stout, but it's just as light and crisp as like a lager. That's what I'm about. I, so I'll tell you this. You, you want to know one of my worst things. I, I've, in preparation for this podcast, I, I've been doing some beer drinking the last couple of days, which anybody who knows me, I'm not the biggest beer drinker. Um, I, it's not because I hate beer. It's not because I have any discord towards it or people who drink beer. I'm just a liquor guy. I when I drink, I drink to get drunk, and to me, liquor gets you there faster. So um, that that's that's my reasoning as to why I'm more of a liquor over beer fan. But that being said, one of the things I really do actually hate about beers, and I've, in preparation for this, I learned is my stomach. I've been farting like a madman, and I it confused me because I've also like recently to sound like a total gym douche i've been upping my protein lately just because like why not um and i was like maybe it's my protein <laughs> and that is really no dude it's beer it is straight up beer oh yeah no, it is. it's some the gnarliest farts like room clearing farts i've had in the last couple of days <laughs> and I, poor Lindsay's just been you know just taking it oh she's been like a champ um she definitely didn't let me uh sit with her on the couch though last night for a minute <laughs> she was uh, demanded me go in another room um but that's my biggest con negative connotation with beer as of now is it doesn't matter if i have had one or seven i'm ripping ass for probably the next 12 hours and it's yeah. my stomach's killing me from it um well, like those heavier like beers will definitely do that to you. Yeah, they they get you. Um, so I also, had a question, sugars. I also had a question too about because you mentioned that like you use a coffee coffee malt to like kind of get a coffee taste in sort mm -hmm. of um, these beers. Now, these like fruitier beers, like the orange plush, all these like mango flavored beers, and like you know you see all these uh, fruity flavored beers and stuff like that. Now, does that mm -hmm. come? Are you adding like? actual fruit flavorings in there or are you adding like actual fruit and stuff to it um so you don't want to add actual fruit because of i forgot what i'm still learning but uh dude you don't have to all no, i i forgot so exactly what my boss was telling me about it but um you don't want to add like direct fruit for some reason but um we add so, like, for some, like, Belgians, like, uh, white beer, like, wit beers, mm -hmm. like, you know, like, to, like, close to, like, Blue Moon and Shock Top and stuff like that, um, we will add, like, dried uh, orange peel to the end of boil or the Whirlpool. It'll be, like, a Whirlpool edition. Mm -hmm. And that helps with, like, some of, like, the flavoring. But, like, that would be, like, a Shock Top Blue Moon, which isn't necessarily, like, like you know like flavor treated or something like that because yeah, that's yeah. like an addition like on deck when like brewing 
but yeah, we had like for we make a key billy, which is like a or we make key billy. It's a, a amber lager, and um, it's just like a little bit darker of a lager. Um, and then we add like lime concentrate to it over like on the bright tank side, mm-hmm. uh, and then it get we add that, and then it gets carved, and then it gets packaged. So like that's like at the very end of the process. Like I don't, I don't let work with like that side anymore. That's like another, like another side of the brewhouse. Well, yeah, it's where I started off on. So yeah, it's for the low man, low man's job. No, you no, don't have to worry don't. about it anymore. <laughs> That's the easy stuff, but yeah. Um. So you you told me uh, last time we were talking to um about how a beer master is actually somebody who has to study in Germany, right? Or a brew, a brew master. master. Yeah. Um, and you worked with somebody from Germany. Now, recently I have been in my hard studies of beer. I have been hearing that the Czech Republic is actually somebody is actually the country that probably rivals, if not produces more beer than Germany. Now, mm-hmm. I'm curious is from your, your old worker who was, does he ever talk shit about the Czech uh, with their beers or is he pretty uh, respectful of them? And uh, no, no. Yeah. He definitely like the Czech Republic. They definitely make some like crazy good. Also like um, Pilsners and stuff mm-hmm. like that, uh, like lighter beers, but they like, over like in like that northern like europe area like they can do stuff that we can't necessarily like do over here in like the united states uh like in holland and stuff they do like open fermentation so that's like on top like the fermenters open up mm-hmm. it's not like closed and secured and like so like over here like our air quality is so like polluted that we can't do that but like over in some parts of like holland and stuff they do like open open fermentation which if we did over here, the beer would get infected like immediately, but like mm-hmm. over there, they can do some like, just like crazy techniques and stuff that like, uh, that we can't do over here. Um, so what about like, like what else can they do that? Like we can't, cause like their beers are clearly, and I'm not saying this, like, I know we have just a mass production of like literally probably like four or five beer companies here, but you go over to Germany. So I went to Germany for Oktoberfest uh, about two years ago now. Um, Probably. Dude, it's, it's one of those things where you look back on it and I'm having a hard time remembering it because you're just kind of like have that sensory overload when you're there and everything is just the coolest thing you've ever seen up to that date. So mm-hmm. it's just like you're looking around and you're just trying, like you're trying so hard to take it in it's like one of those things I would go do a second trip because like I would now have better knowledge of it. And two, it's, um, I would know what to kind of expect. I had three people tell me who've been before I went about how great it is. Um, and kind of like try to prepare me for it. And it's nothing like you can't describe it to somebody and prepare them Mm -hmm. for it. You just got to experience it for yourself. Um, now that being said, like, it's hard for me to really remember what it was as a whole because like i was just like i said so much sensory overload and i was like this is so cool um but they have a wide variety of beers they have a massive wide variety of beers they obviously have their big like what you would call like a budweiser breweries like you know over there in germany too as well but um 
they have a wider variety of beers and I just feel like their quality too is just so much better and they have to be doing something that is just different than ours. And it, it can't be, yeah. it can't be just as simple as an open fermentation. Like I'm, I'm sure that that helps a lot and I'm sure that could do a lot to it, but like, do you know of anything that's kind of like why their um, beer quality is so much better? Is it water Christmas? Or is it, you know, what? It, honestly. Yeah. So you can't make, well, I mean, so like everybody makes Kolsch's and um, Goza's over here and they yeah. call them that, but you're, you're really not supposed to. Germany, I heard. Yeah. So like a Kolsch, like you can't really technically call it a Kolsch unless it's made in like Cologne, Germany. I mean, that's not like obviously like a law or a rule or anything, but like. It's like scotch. It's like scotch. Yeah. It can't be called scotch unless it was made in Scotland. Yeah. And it's all based off of the water that they use because they use water like some of the softest water yeah and then yeah so and then goza goza germany is it's right by the ocean i think Mm -hmm. no no no, no. germany's landlocked they have some type of like salt water profile i think they they, they get over there because um my eye is a kite is germany near hold on i have no idea i haven't even smoked today yet um what was the what was the country or what was the place called? Goja. Yeah, go. Let's look up. I think it's Goza. Goza goes in. Goes in. Goes in beer. Uh, in Glossar, Germany. So yeah. So go. okay. Yeah. So it's not by salt water, I guess, but I think it's the salt water profile. So like when we brew, we add different salts to the water um to like do like certain things like chemically but um, oh, it's right next to a river though yeah so they probably just like the salt water profile of the water that they use over there is like specific for like the goza style and mm-hmm. it's just like we make sours and stuff over here which are here it is the story of goes a germany salty coriander beer so you're right so they got the they got the the salt water yeah um, so like you're that's just like another beer. So I don't know of any other techniques that they might be doing, but I mean, they're just like the, the king of beers still. Like they still just have the best knowledge and the best brewers. And isn't that funny? That, isn't that funny how uh, water can make, like just the type of water can make such a bigger, such a big difference. It's like pizza. Like they always claim yeah. New York has the best pizza because of the water, which is so yeah. astounding to me because. Oh, really? I've never heard of that. The water uh, because of New York? Yeah. So, you know, like everybody says the pizzas in New York are so much better than anywhere else is because of the water yeah. that goes in the dough. Oh, okay. Um, I always know New York pizza being the best, just never knew why. Yeah, that was so, why. Yeah. That's the whole the whole myth as to why it's better than like okay. Chicago and yeah. all that. No, I can, the water yeah, I can totally dough. believe that now. For sure. um, which is weird, though, because you look at New York and you're like... I don't know. But about I guess they water. get all. I think they get. Yeah, but I guess they get all their water from north, like upstate New York. Um, yeah, which is beautiful. So yeah, right. That, that, so it's probably a better, cleaner water. Um, which also makes sense with if you look at where Germany is on a map and the water that they're using, it. And I might be. Probably. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like where Germany and Cologne matches up, is pretty similar on the same longitude and la- or, uh, latitude as the northeast in um 
in, in the U.S. And so with that is the water, I would say you're imagining, it's like, you know how if you were to take the weather in, say, Florida and you were to go to the same latitude over in um, in Europe, Asia, or wherever, you'd probably get similar weather. I think it's the same thing yeah. with water. At least that's where my dumb logic like my street logic goes is that would make sense yeah yeah so it's similar type of waters they're probably using but um yeah you go over there man they you go when i was over in germany they're one tell them you're from america oh dude they're gonna say oh, yeah, they'll probably gonna, they're not very they're very uh, unhappy with americans um i think that had to do with world war ii but i think it had to do with our arrogance after world war ii <laughs> yeah um but you tell them you're American, uh, you're going to get 20 minutes of just them ripping your ear off about how shitty the American beer is. And then, I, am a, I am a third German, if that means anything. You're a third German? Yeah. I, I don't know how much German I am, but I am German. My last name's German. My last name, okay. Trost, is very German, which everybody who out there thinks that my podcast is called Trost Talk, you're wrong. It's Trost Talk. Yeah. I don't correct anybody because I've been called Trost since <laughs> I was five um, by every teacher and person who didn't know my actual last name. But um, yeah, so it is Trost. It's a very German name. Uh, yeah. I think I'm probably probably a quarter. So I'm probably I'm definitely less than you. You're you're Hitler's dream with your blonde hair over there. You're <laughs> you, blonde, yeah, the blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah, you just Hitler is just frothing at the mouth in his grave right now. Yeah, that maybe that's why I was drawn to beer. I don't know. Has to be. Um, but they know they love their beer, man. Um, I know I would love to go over there for Oktoberfest, dude. Yeah, I I would honestly love to plan that with you. If you ever went, tell me, or you ever start planning it out because you're gonna want to plan it out about a year in advance. Yeah, um, for sure. I I saved up two grand, like two grand, one grand to have for spending money when I was there, um, and then the other grand was for a room, at, like flight and. Uh, room and board okay. uh, and then i brought a thousand over and i i even came back i came back with probably two three hundred dollars so i okay. i just i did a thousand is just like a good safety net i'm like there's no way i'll spend it in five days there's no way i'll spend a thousand dollars um and uh especially because you went with a couple of buddies like long story short it's just not that hard it's hard to spend a thousand dollars all time and yeah and um you know, after that, it's it. I'm I'm losing my train of thought with it, but um, my my whole point, what I was just trying to to get at, is it, it's not that bad. But let me know if you ever go. I would definitely go back because I, I want to re-experience it because I kind of know a little different now. Um, so if you ever went, give me that heads up. I I definitely be interested in going. Um, sure. now we're going to have to actually do a whole other podcast. Cause I still have a lot of questions about beer. Uh, I know you're kind of running up on time here. Um, but I did want it before we go, everybody knows who's kind of listened to me or knows me well, I'm a degenerate gambler. Um, so we'll do a part two cause I'm a, I do want to continue talking about beer with you. I would love, love to have you on this. Yeah, We can do a part two. Yeah, please. Um, but as everybody knows, I'm a degenerate gambler. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan of it. I had a terrible weekend last weekend. Um, yeah. Did not did not do well. Um, now, I got a couple bets. I, I told Briggs come down with at least four good bets, four or five good bets. Um, I have yep, a couple. I got four. Um, 
I want you, you can go first. I want to see which, which four bets you really liked. Give me okay. your reasons and then we'll talk about it. All right. So, you know, I'm always heavy Packers, but I try to be smart about it. <laughs> I lost big time. Last week? Two weekends ago when I was at the game, the Bucks. Oh, game. yeah, the Bucks won. I, didn't, I told was... you I didn't bet on that for that reason. I said I just don't – I can't predict the Bucks. They're just too unpredictable for me. I was in my green and yellow poncho, dude, in the middle of the stadium. <laughs> just looking like an just, asshole. Just getting annihilated by everyone. <laughs> but, but the dude, the Bucks might be pretty good this year. I don't know. Uh, I, I think they're – they're they're Super Bowl contender for sure. They're going at least the NFC uh, NFC finals or yeah. Their their defense is pretty nasty right now, and their offense just seems to be rolling. And I just trust Brady leading all those guys, kind of. I mean, yeah, it always seemed to be their missing link was a good quarterback. Well, yeah, because yeah, Jameis was good. He had the natural talent. He just didn't have like you just turn the ball over too much and yeah, just couldn't necessarily lead the team. Butterfingers. Um, but, so sorry. you like the Packers. Yeah, so they're they're minus six right now mm-hmm. at the Vikings. I like that. Uh, the Vikings they do get Dalvin Cook back this week, which is a little worrisome, just because I'm pretty sure he's still like fourth in rushing yards this mm-hmm. season, and he's missed like three games or like the last two or something. Right. So he's averaging like it, I think, over like easily a hundred yards a game. Um, but they lost their OC. He's the head coach for the Browns now. And the Packers, they beat him by nine, I think, the first meeting, mm-hmm. too, I think. And I think we're also getting healthier this week. I think we have Kevin King back. And I think we have one other person back, too. I like, I like, I also have the Packers minus six as a bet I was going to talk about. I really like it. Uh, the big thing for me is. Minnesota's secondary is fucking terrible, and yes, they are. you can't that was have another a, thing. They're yeah, you, you can't right have a fucking terrible. You can't have a terrible secondary and go against Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers and think you're gonna have a chance. Now, Dalvin Cook getting back does worry me about the minus six, but if you want to do a money line bet on them and parlay it with something else, that could be smart. Um, yeah. I, I, they're definitely going to win. The Packers aren't going to lose. It's just not going to happen. Uh, I, I'd be willing to bet a million dollars on that. If I had a million dollars, I would put a million dollars that they're going to win. Um, yeah. They're definitely going to win. Minus six with Dalvin comes I, – I, I just see a late fucking touchdown coming in and ruining that. Like by, yeah, because that, that's game. at least two field goals. Right. So – And, and, or, and uh, a they touchdown could be up, Yeah, it, they no, could be up – they could be up 13, the Packers, with four minutes left, and then the Vikings score. do some – you know, the, the Packers do their bend but don't break defense. Dalvin Cook runs in a touchdown, and you either push, and you push, right? But yeah, that's... Which isn't as bad as a loss, but um, it's not great. Um, I, I definitely yes. like the Packers minus six. That's one that I have as well. Um, what do you and... have for your other – yeah, just the way Rodgers is playing too. He's Stupid playing pretty good. well. I have I have Rodgers and Adams on my fantasy team. So I went this year with my fantasy. My uh, my thinking with fantasy was I'm gonna pick. You always you go wide receivers dip. first. Yeah, yeah, you got always go wide receivers first because especially nowadays the way the league is and fantasy football is starting to turn more into a PPR league now too. 
Mm-hmm. So you always want receivers. So I went with whoever my top receiver pick was this year. I was going to select their quarterback. I was going to do the tandem, like you said, the double dip. Okay. So if one goes off, odds are the other's going off too. Um, so I so got Devontae were- Adams was my first pick as wide receiver. And I got Aaron Rodgers like fifth or sixth round. And uh, Last week, what they score total? Bro, 88. Like 100. 88 points of my – they had 88 out of my 160 points. They had half my points, dude, those two. And it was – actually, it was more than that. It was not much, but it was like 89, actually, because I think Adams had 49 and some change, and then, like, Rodgers had, like, 40 and some change. So it was, like, 90 Just points. Just balling, dude. Dude, it was great. They're rolling. They're playing pretty well. They're starting to get that really good connection that he well, had. What's scary, too, had. about it is – now Rodgers, last year this is what it was. If you could throw a man over top of an Adams, he struck Rodgers struggled with moving the offense and the ball because he just relied so heavily on Adams and he didn't trust his other receivers, which rightfully yeah. so. They were they were young, not very mm-hmm. talented. And then they had a couple games where say Adams got hurt. Um, you know, and then you could see they're like, without Adams, this offense is fucking terrible. Rodgers doesn't know who to go to. Now it, if you're double teaming Adams, he doesn't care. He can pick you apart with the rest of his fucking options. And yeah, dude, we've like Alan Lazard has stepped up a lot. Huge. Uh, Scantling's he, even done he, well. Scantling, the my game boy that, from USF. The game that, um, the game that uh, he destroyed the Vikings week week one too. He had there a big was game also there was also the who's who'd you guys beat before he has lost to the Bucks? You guys beat somebody and beat we him. Beat well. the Falcons big. Yeah, and that's and what he relied Robert on Tanya him. And had had Robert well, Tanya had three tutties, yeah. But yeah, I'm saying, boys, in like, when you were trying to move the ball, you had Scantling was your number one receiver because your other guy, uh, who's the white boy or uh, Lazard? Yeah, he's he's our number two. Yeah, he he's been hurt. Adams. Yeah, and then he relied on Scantling. I mean, he would when I saw him going to Scantling on third and sixes. That's when I knew the Packers were going to be scary this year. I was like, it's third yeah. and six, and Rodgers is trusting his third receiver and treating him as a true number one. Like, when he needs a fucking play, he was going to Scantling. Yeah. That's when it clicked for me. I was like, Packers are scary. I love betting yeah, on the Packers. He's getting the ball quicker this year, too, and which is before I think he just didn't trust that initial, initial instinct to throw him the ball right away. So then he holds the ball on for a half a second longer. Usually, offensive line, you know, kind of – Usually he might be pressured or hit at that point. So I think that's a big thing. He's running more too, which I like. I I like that. He's, that's probably what he was seeing back in his film. Cause I remember in 2010, uh, he was running more. I think it was something with his release or just getting the ball out quicker using his feet. Yeah. But he needs, he, cause he's not a bad thing is, is Rogers is one of the most underrated scramblers. Oh, for sure. Because he's so good in the pocket. People forget. You cannot, yeah, you can't watch over him. Yeah, he like he is a good like he is actually a talented runner for a quarterback. He's solid for sure. Yeah, for sure. He'll it, good game. He gets like twenty five yards probably. Yeah, but like it, that's all you need. And and they also got a factor in that it's probably more like forty because he probably got sacked once or twice. So lose that takes yeah. away from his rushing yards. Um, but uh, all right. So another one. Who? What? What do you got for your other pick? Okay, so Steelers just straight money line at Ravens. Oh, okay. They're they're plus one seventy. Plus four, I see too on their spread, which okay. was a bet I had too as well. Um, I like that dude. The Steelers are rolling, and I don't I. The Ravens they they've been struggling a little bit, and I just I don't know. I think the Steelers are just too good right now. 
And you know, it's so weird because they're five and one and you're all, they're struggling. And I agree. And I agree. But people are, are gonna like they're gonna chastise us. Oh yeah, they're because they're good though. So like, right. if they're still struggling. Like the Packers might not be rolling right now, but but here's the playing, thing though. They're playing well. I think they're an overrated five and one team. So as everybody okay. knows, diehard Eagles fan. Like I, I'm a Philly scumbag, just like the rest of them. Um, but here's the thing: I'm I'm a little realistic with the Eagles. Now the Eagles played the the. The Ravens tough. Now I know we had a last second touchdown. We had to do the onside bullshit. Like, so we probably lost like realistically, it was like somewhere in between like a one to one and a half scoring game. Right. But point is, is the Eagles shouldn't have been in that fucking game regardless. I, I love yeah. my birds, but you're talking about a team with the reigning MVP on their team. People were thinking they were going to go 16 and out this year. Colin coward. who was just so fucking ridiculous. But here's the Sorry. thing is I don't trust Lamar Jackson to throw. Anytime I've seen him throw, it's been fucking awful. It's been terrible. He's an incredible runner. The great yeah, one, of the, sure. probably better than Vic, I would say, as a runner. Yeah. Um, Vic was, was I think, a better arm, but. Way better arm. Yeah. Um, way, like a cannon for an arm. He's mm-hmm. shiftier than Vic was. Vic, I think, was all out faster, but he's shiftier than Vic ever was. Sure. Um but here's the thing is, I just don't trust the Ravens. I don't think they're that good of a team. And now you're telling me that they're giving four points to the Steelers. I know you you had money line, which I also like too. Um, I got the Steelers. I, I had the Steelers as a plus four as one of my bets that I like too. I like that too. And but, it comes yeah. down to the fact that the, the Ravens did piss poor against the Eagles. And they shouldn't, the Eagles shouldn't have been in that game. The Eagles aren't a good enough team. And I, as much as I think the Eagles will make the playoffs – they're not. They're they're a team that's going to probably get bounced after the if they win their wild card, they're getting bounced in the second round. But that's just me. Yeah, they're they're a tough team though. Yeah, and I get it. And, but here's the other thing tough. though too though is the Eagles. Our number one receiver was a practice squad player. So yeah, like that's that is true. And, and we lost that game by fucking two points. Like it's come on, you know what I mean? Like we're with nothing with no receiving core. We're right there in the game. Mm-hmm. Now you're on a hot. Now you're going and you're playing against a hot Steelers team. I, I I just I like that bet too as well. Okay, yeah, I do, I like Steelers too. What do you, what do you other What do you other ones you like? All right, so uh, Chargers and Broncos over forty four and a half for the, Ooh. For the game. What about the Bron- Broncos? Have no offense though. I like Justin Herbert and the Chargers, dude. He's been. He's been killing. He's, he's been, been throwing been, some some nice passes for sure. Um, you might want to look at as a player bet. I've won the last two times I've done this bet with Justin Hibbert. Is generally his over under for touchdown passes is one and a half. I have oh. been slamming that over. And I was looking for longest completion because I usually do that for him too. The last two weeks, yeah, and I won because it's usually like thirty yards, <laughs> and they're just throwing dimes down the field with him because he has an absolute cannon. Yeah. He's good, man. He's a good player. I, if anybody out there is too, the one bet I would like, look at Justin Hibbert. Now, the reason I would say maybe hesitate this week is because as terrible as the Broncos are, their defense is always good. Their defense yeah. is very, very good. Um, it, they're a terrible team, and they, they, uh, but they always do have a, a good defense, it seems like. Um, okay, so you like that one. You like the over. How, where do you think the points are going to come? Like, you're going to need – in that, you're going to need – the Broncos to score at least probably 17. You think they're I think in the Chargers are scoring at least four to five touchdowns. Wow, that's a big one. 
I think I think I don't know. I think Drew Locke's back pretty, too, so you're actually probably going to get more offense too. Yeah, so I think they're. I just think they're just playing pretty well right now, and they. I think it's just is a uh, Drew Locke playing like that one. this week too. I know is he Drew did Locke last week. week. I know he did last week. I don't know if he is this week, but um, okay. Because if he's playing, then also like the Broncos better offense. I think he's also pretty good too. So if he can play well, he. I think he can easily throw like two or three touchdowns a game, and once they get that going they do have melvin gordon and uh philip Lindsay and stuff and like mm-hmm. devin booker i think too or their third running back i'm not sure but they have they have a pretty yeah. talented offense philip Lindsay. yeah and i think there's another one behind him like royce booker or something but yeah. i don't know yeah. never mind but um all right so what you got for your last one all right so back to the packers over uh over 16 and a half points first half because it's a uh, plus 115 plus 115 over 17 and a half points over 16 and a half total or just the Packers just the Packers first half over so you get 16. 17 it's possible I mean it's definitely possible uh, I know the Packers are a very first half heavy team now this year which is good yeah because um, if they get the ball first they've scored on every single drive this year opening drive that's science too. That's science. So, lock it in. <laughs> lock it. If up. they if they win the opening kickoff and they get the they get they get the ball first, they're definitely over. I would agree. Uh, yeah, because then then you're still looking at like what that's probably like 25 minutes of time left for them mm-hmm. to score 10 more points. All right. I, I it's a ballsy call, but I like it. I like it. Um, I think they've hit on. Every single time this year, except for the Bucks game, over they've hit over sixteen and a half the first half. That would except make sense. Bucks game, obviously. That would make sense. Yeah. They they probably the Bucks game. They probably fucked a lot of betters that week. Yeah, um, I lost a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So with me, I also like the Steelers. I, I definitely I wrote down yours on the money line. I may parlay that with something. Maybe the Packers. Um, but I did. Uh, I do like the Steelers plus four. I just feel like giving points to yeah. a good team is always a good bet. Um, whenever you yeah, have a really like good team, they're getting better points. too right yeah. now. They're better than the Ravens, and they're and, getting yeah. points. And here's the other thing: is plus four. So even if they lose by a field goal, you're still covering. Yeah. So that could easily be like a one point victory too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And. Um, so that being said, I, I do like that bet. I think it's something to mull over. Um, it's one of my – I think it's like my third favorite bet out of it. My favorite bet is Packers minus six. I really like that bet. I think that's that to me is I, – I won personally. I'm not one to bet on my own team because, I've, as I've explained to people, is the, there's only one outcome out of the four or five different possible outcomes of betting on your team. There's only one outcome you like, and that's you win your bet and your team wins. Yeah. Um, the rest of them are never going to be fun because either you win the bet and your you team lose. loses, you're still pissed, or you lose the bet and your team loses, you're really pissed. Or you lose your bet and your team wins, you're still pissed. You're great. You're happy your team won, but you're still fucking long pissed. You lost. <laughs> Not your yeah. bet. Um, so I don't like betting on my teams. It's just too much emotional damage to me. Um, here's one that I, I put a big question mark and I wanted to talk out with you. I'm not sure I like it, but it's just so many points. And in the NFL, it's, it's the Jets getting 20. Now, I know they're playing the I Chiefs. I saw that. 
That's a, a lot. Of that's a lot man. of points for an NFL fucking game. Because I, that's like the easily like the blowout early, and they're up like thirty-five. Right. And they take Mahomes out. Right. And then the Jets score like a couple, yeah, a couple shitty touchdowns at the end of the game. Yeah. And, and I was seeing the same thing, and I, I don't know how I feel about it because I've also seen the Jets, and they've just had, get blown out. <laughs> they're just terrible. And then the Chiefs have proven. Because here's the way I looked at it. It was like, okay, what do I think the Jets can get? And I was like, 13 points, I think, is very doable for the Jets. And I was like, now 20 points on it. I was at 33. And I went and looked at the Chiefs. The Chiefs have scored over 34 points four times this year. Yeah, and the Jets have, what, like four touchdowns all year? (laughs) Yeah, like not very much. So it's – now the Jets' defense doesn't look terrible, but – their offense is incapable of moving the ball. And that's where it fucks with me. And because we all know the Chiefs can put up fucking 40 points if they want to. And is, to did. me, it comes down to is the, are the Jets' defense good enough to slow them down to only 30? I did see the, the D tackle for the Chiefs, Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. He did say, we're not taking this lightly. Uh, that's still a good football team. So if they yeah that's bullshit take, that every if they take says. that into serious because I saw on like the pro football chase I follow on Instagram or whatever uh-huh. just, and he said that so I was like okay like if you know because now if they actually do play like serious like lights out football against the Jets which would be hard for four quarters um I could see them winning by twenty. So do I, and that's why I I I'm, I think I'm going to stay away from it now that we've talked about it. Um, but what was the what was the money line for the Jets to win? <laughs> that's actually a good question. Let me look at that. Up right <laughs> Just now. put like a dollar on that. <laughs> um, that's actually a really good question. I'm going to look it up right now. Um, so here's the other one that I also liked. Uh, was I liked. Now, I'm not sure if I want to do money line or take the spread, but I like the Seahawks minus three. You're talking about Russell Wilson coming off a loss. Um, Now, I don't. Against the 49ers, yeah. And against the 49ers rivalry game, which is a big, big plus to me. Um, Now, how do I feel about it? I'm not sure. I want to take the money line, but I don't think the money line bet is it pays out as well as if I were to take the spread. What's the money line at? Um, money line is 170. Spread is at – and now the spread has actually gone higher. It's up at three and a half. They were – it was originally Ooh. three. Yeah. Um, and it's a 104 payout. But um, hold on, let's see, I want to see what was – Yeah, so one of the guys I work with, he's actually a big 49ers fan. Bro. So the, the Jets, Jets – sorry, Jets. It's a plus 1,175 payout. If they I might if did money line, I might I might put I might put five bucks on it and just see what happens. They're bound to win. Is are you think they're going to go in sixteen? There's only been what two teams to do that in history. Come on. I might throw just like a couple bucks. Just you never know. I'm going to look it up right now. If I were through five bucks, let's see. If I were to put five bucks on it, would that be what like fifty seven hundred? Sixty. You'd win. No, no, no. If you put five bucks on it. It would be uh, you'd win sixty four bucks because it's only a plus. It's a plus one thousand payout. Oh, okay. 
It's a plus 1,175. It's not like a, but five bucks to win 64. So put it in this way. If put, put 15, you're doing a hundred and uh, you're winning 192. You put 150 bucks on it and one game you're winning two grand. Um, I don't see them winning though. I don't know. It was no, just I don't thought. see them winning. They're definitely not winning. But I would be interested on the twenty. Um, here's another one: Saints Bears. Saints minus five. I really like. Yeah, I don't know. The Bears Bears got smoked last week. I felt like yes. they got they got exposed. Um, I know everybody likes Nick Foles, and as an Eagles fan, like I, I hear all the time, like you shouldn't have gotten rid of him. It's like you don't know football very much. Carson Wentz is a far better quarterback than than Nick Foles. Um, I, I'm happy. I love Nick Foles. I will forever mm-hmm. be a Nick Foles fan because he won me a Super Bowl. But he's not better than Carson Wentz. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I just I feel like the Saints minus five gets me. If it was minus three, I'd probably take him because I don't know that the Saints games every single game has seemed to have been close. So yeah. them giving they, five points is just very sus to me. Because I, I don't think Thomas is back this week either. He's not. Which is going to so, be Kamara is heavy it in Chicago? offense. Where, is it in Chicago? I think so. Yeah. Ooh. The Saints have been struggling this year for sure. Especially out, Drew Brees outside the Dome is never good. Especially like Chicago's like windy – that's only like the worst weather you can get if it is bad. Um, but, I will end with this. I'll end with this. This is my one bet that I think is a sheer lock outside of the Packers. I got a parlay that I think is my parlay lock of the week. I'm taking the Bucks, Chiefs, Packers, Titans, Eagles. Five-team parlay. I think the Bucks are easily going to win on Monday night. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs are playing the Jets. Easy win. Yeah. Packers, easy win. Playing the Vikings. And is it in Lambeau? No, I think it's... Um, wait, yeah. Yeah, it should be. Because I'm pretty sure week one was when they played them was... um. Was in Minnesota, yeah. So it's in Lambeau. So and then I like the Titans. The Titans just lost. So I I always like teams coming off losses. I always feel like they have to get their head right. Um, Who are they playing? That's a good question. Let's see. I just saw this too. I'm pretty sure it was like a team that kind of. I think the Bills. Oh, the Bengals. Bengals. Yeah, they'll win that. Um. So, I like that, and then. the Eagles, because if you watch the Dallas Cowboys game, which they fucked me out of money last week, I thought the Reds, I thought they'd beat the Redskins. I thought they'd get their heads yeah. together and they would beat the Redskins. I thought they would too. I put money on that, so fuck you, Dallas. You're good for nothing. Um, Just the way they reacted after the Andy Dalton hit, dude. They don't. No one cares on that team. No one does. They yeah. They saw their buddy get hit, and they in went the head. Out. And mm-hmm. no one did anything. It's like, damn, dude, that's your guys' like quarterback right now. Yeah, and they're about to probably be on. And there's no way he's probably cleared for this week. Um, yeah, and so now, they're still their backup or their third string quarterback. Yeah, and I understand that the Eagles. You know, Carson Wentz hasn't had a number one receiver since like week 
four of last year. Uh, so Carson Wentz over whoever exactly. Cowboys starter. Is um, so I, I just like I think it, you're. Ta- I know it's like oh we just pick the the favorites of every yeah but like they're kind of well thought out and if you string them up along enough teams your parlay bet's going to be big enough. Um, I'll I'll run it right now for everybody to let them know. So what you, how much are you going to put down on it? A five-team fi- parlay? It's a five-team parlay. Now, the problem is, is the Chiefs. I almost want to – they're, they're – uh, um, now, it doesn't matter too much when you do, like, a long – like, a huge number of uh, teams in a parlay. That doesn't matter too, too much. But the Chiefs, for instance, they're a minus – like, to if you, on the money line, they're, like, a minus 3,200. So, <laughs> it's definitely going to affect your um, – your overall little bit, but yeah, it'll still my, help out a little bit. Yeah, in my opinion, it, you're still at the end of the day, like you're relying on another team to win, and it generally helps. Sure, so it's a five-team parlay. Uh, yeah, it's not a lot because they're all so heavy favorites. the The lowest favorite to win that I have in the money line is the Packers minus two ninety. Um, so we're looking at if I did a fifty dollar bet, I'd only win one hundred and twenty four. But, hey, man, if you got a lot of money out there and it's an interesting bet to you and you want to put down a 1000 I mean. Or just even swap that money line, one of the money lines for the the spreads. Yeah. um, Just one of those. What are the bucks? I was thinking about, and that's actually weird you said that, is I was, let me see what that would do. Um, Oh, the bucks are 12 and a half point favorites. Yeah, they're like they're easy win. So what I was thinking about is swapping the Chiefs with the Seahawks for the money line. Okay. Yeah. And then no, I think like I was, one of my coworkers, he's a San Francisco fan, and he's he's not looking forward to this game at all. They never are because of also last year, um, they beat him on that last second play to get the number one seed in the playoffs. I love at it. week seventeen. So like that's still like fresh in their minds. Um, and yeah, they just lost last week too, and they're 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 too good to like lose two in a row for sure. So if you swap out the Chiefs for the Seahawks, it bumps it to a plus two eighty two. So put down fifty bucks, you're getting you're getting one ninety one. Um, another one okay. I kind of like if you want to add that in and you want to get a little riskier on the parlay and really make some money. Throw in the Steelers money line at plus 175. You're looking at a nine, and it's a 16 parlay. You're looking at an almost a plus 1,000 payout. So you're throwing down 50 bucks, you're winning 500 and, uh, 525. I like that. I might I do like, that. I like that too. I like it too because I, I just think the Steelers are going to win. So, yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my belief. Um, well, hey, man, I know it's – fuck, we're, we're right over time. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to keep you. Um, but, dude, thank you, thank you so much for coming on, man. Um, everybody out there, thank you for, for listening. If you want to win some money, I'm telling you, this, this is the podcast to listen to for some gambling. Degenerate um, gambling. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, those are the bets for us. I really like the – for me, lock of the week is Packers minus six. Um, the parlay that I'm going to go with is the Bucks, Eagles, 
Packers, Titans, um, and then Seahawks. And then I might throw in the Steelers there and just throw down like maybe 20 bucks on it, went a couple hundred. But um, those are my bets. Uh, Briggs, thank you for coming on and sharing some of your beer knowledge. I, I learned a lot actually with it. I was very intrigued. And I'm really, I'm, I, what I want to do is I want to, after I release this, I want to listen back to this episode and write down questions that I may have because during this whole process, I had question after question coming into my mind and I couldn't yeah. really grab one that I wanted to ask. So I would like, I would throw one up and then I would have like four more in the back of my head and then I would mm-hmm. get them. So I've definitely wanted to do another podcast with this. Um, I always love, always love having you on. Uh, this was yeah, we'll a great, do a part great two. fucking episode, dude. I I'm very excited for this. Um, I was actually during when we got our beers, I was texting Lindsay and I was like, dude, this episode's gonna be fucking awesome. Briggs is a great guest. <laughs> thanks, man. No, I appreciate it. Love being on, dude. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And you know, I'm I'm you know, hoping that this thing starts to take off. Uh I just I think that we can have uh I'm you know, I'm trying to have a lot of interesting conversations about things that I'm interested in and learning. So yeah, thank you for uh, always coming on and sharing some of your knowledge. Um but that dude. Yeah, yeah. Next time. Oh yeah, we'll definitely two. break down. Um, I know you probably still had a lot you had to say, so I would. Uh, oh yeah, there's a ton. There's which so I'm, much I'm excited that. for. Um, yeah. but uh, other than that, man, go enjoy your your Halloween, and uh, I I will be out in Tampa Monday, so I'll be there on like the Clearwater side for the first couple of days, but then I will I'll be after after the election like Wednesday. I'll be back on like in the Tampa side and I'll I'm okay. gonna, um, cruise over to your, your crib and stay with you a couple of nights too. So yeah, for sure, dude. All righty. Well, Hey man, take it easy. Have a good rest of your day and uh, right, we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, man. All right. Later.